Welcome everyone to the first episode on the Talk Birdie to Me podcast. Shane here and we have just finished recording with Peter O'Keefe. Talk Birdie to Me was set up to discuss all things Irish golf, ranging from amateurs to professionals. We plan to release a podcast at least once a week with some great guests lined up. So without any further delays, here is episode one. Hi everyone and welcome to the Talk Birdie to Me podcast. Uh, this week we are joined by Peter O'Keefe an elite Irish amateur from O'Keefe Golf Performance. So thanks very much for coming in, Peter. Uh, so, Peter, we get dive straight into it. Uh, you've seen golf through a number of lenses, uh, like a beginner. Uh, you moved on to a college athlete, uh, then a professional on the Challenge Tour, and now as an elite Irish amateur and a coach. How has your perception of the game changed over the last number of years? Um, it's a good question. I think, um, I think certainly... With the introduction, I, I think coaching in general is has gotten an awful lot better. Um, now, I do have certain opinions about content online and people learning from social media and trying to mimic their swing to a certain swing. There's, there's elements that will work for that, but there's elements that can be detrimental as well when the player doesn't have the understanding. But I think all in all, certainly from the lens that looking through from the working with the GOI, I think the players are definitely getting better there's a crop of young players in Munster at the moment that you know I would have very great I'd have great aspirations for them going forward certainly to become international players and I think they're just more knowledgeable um, they know more about themselves they're a bit more driven um, they're more confident they're physically better I think all those attributes roll into one makes it makes it a little bit better from when I was a kid anyway you know and driving it back to those early days so you went to the University of Southeastern Louisiana. How did that come about for you? Or where did that start? Um, I think, well, I, I was playing back in those days. There was international youth golf. So under 21, I was on the under 21 Irish youth team at the time. I was playing quite nicely. And a few of my friends were in America. And I think a lot of guys from Ireland that are going to the States will probably know someone somewhere in a university and get in touch with the coach that way, which... I suppose makes it a lot easier for the coach rather than going recruiting on the blind. But um, Mervyn Owens, Marco Sullivan, um, Mike Mulroy and people like that would have been at the university. So I had a, a bit of a head start there. So the coach over there was good enough to uh, get me over on a recruitment trip. And then that led on to Aaron O'Callaghan from my club in Douglas coming out to that university as well. So um, I think it was just basically I wanted to progress. I wanted to see where my game could go. And I knew America. I just had a feeling, given the right environment, uh, it would suit me. And it, it's, it, it, was, it was a great three years. And would you say it's similar now? Have you spoke to the guys that are there currently? Was it 95% golf for you? Or was there a bit more schoolwork? Yeah, there was a bit of, like, there is, there is certainly a demand on, on your academics. I mean, you don't just go there to play golf. You will be, you know, found out because... And I say found out because the whole thing needs to roll together. You need to, you need to achieve certain grades to keep your eligibility as a student athlete, what they call it. Um, so there is, there is an emphasis on doing your college work. Now, it's, it's very doable once you give it a little bit of time. But um, I think the overall thing is, you know, there's certain goals. The American college system is very goal-driven. There's, there's team GPA average. There's individual GPA average, all that stuff. Um, the coach is always looking, plus the team and individual performances on the road. But um, 
yeah, you need to take care of your business, as my coach was saying, and um, you can play your golf then after that, you know. So for you, you went straight from uh, college in the US to the Challenge Tour. How did you find that kind of change? You went from a team environment to straight out you were by yourself. Yeah, I did. I played I played well that last year. Um, I'd won an event in um, in Texas and I'd, I'd featured a couple of times and the team itself did very well. We were top 20 school when I left. Um, and I came back and played okay during the summer. Um, I thought I played well enough to make the Irish team, but I was unfortunately a reserve that year, I think. So, you know, I was talking to someone about this the other day. I had a choice whether to go back to America or go to Q school. So I said I would go to tour school. Um, remember I birdied the last two holes in St. Anne's to get in on the number and thought I'd won the Open the following day. It was a total, a total new experience. And then the second stage in, in a place called Cadet or in Sherry Golf in Cadiz, I played lovely and finished second in the stage and then went on to final stage, which in those days was a week after. So you'd stay in Spain and go down there. Um, played okay. Got a decent challenge to a card for the following year. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're a professional golfer with a with a category on a, a, a very good tour. So um, I played six years on that tour. And I probably looking back on it, year one, I, I, I think now I probably wasn't technically good enough. But... It was a great time to learn. You're, you're getting out there. I don't mind my own company in general. So um, I like to be on my own. I like to travel. It doesn't, doesn't really phase me. So that kind of thing was very good. But it also leads you into, you know, the following year and the year after. It's all second nature. You know where you're booking. You know where you like to stay. And, you know, that kind of stuff isn't as daunting as year one. Peter, while you were on the Challenge Tour, you had Padraig Harrington winning his three major titles and you had Darren Clark winning the Open in 2011. Did you have any Irish professionals in particular that took time out to contact you or give you any bit of advice? Yeah, I, well, I played in the Irish Open in, I think it was 08 in Adair, and all the Irish lads are very welcoming. Like, you know, like a load of players that week had introduced themselves to me. And, you know, when I was playing on the Challenge Tour, I used to travel with Michael Hoy, Gareth Maben, um, Simon Thornton, and these type of guys who all went on to be European tour players um, and they were all great you just kind of you're learning from them and even when you're I suppose for me I looked up to all of them as an amateur player and then all of a sudden you're around the table at night having dinner and you know these guys are your peers so to speak um, so that's just adapting to the environment um, you know I have this conversation with a few players I know that they, you know they've all of a sudden gone from amateur to playing and contending in European tour events. And it's like, right, I either think I belong here or I don't, you know what I mean? Or it's going to take me some time to adapt. I think that's a different challenge for every player. But um, my first year for sure was was just adapting. Um, and then I got much more used to it. And I started believing in myself a little bit better as it went on. And for your six years on tour, how was your coaching? Like, did you have, who was your coach at the time? Did you have a mental coach? And was fitness a big part of your golf game back then? Um, funnily enough, it wasn't fitness, the fitness side of it. Um, my coach at the time, uh, I kept in touch with my coach in the States. Um, Fred Toomey, I worked very close, closely with, obviously just being involved with him through the, the Munster teams and the GOI setup. Um, so, mental coach not so much I did an awful lot of reading because like you you I, I read a lot when I was playing uh, when I am playing 
And I had a really good guy, a close friend of mine, Dave Connolly, who was traveled with me. And, you know, we'd kind of treat the whole process as a learning curve and we'd try and see who, what, what players, you know, do well and what players do stuff that you think, yeah, that, that might be an area. Like, I really, my last couple of years, I really had to learn how to manage my attitude because I suppose part of my makeup as a person is, you know, I get impatience when I certainly when I when I want to achieve things and um golf was a was a struggle to me for a while in that in that department, let's say, and I had to really just learn to deal with it and not pretend that I wasn't getting upset, actually not get upset. Um and there's a big difference between the two. And I think uh, you know, I see a lot of players certain even a few players that I play with now on the Irish team, they haven't figured that out yet. And I think when that is figured out, it really makes things an awful lot easier because you think you have to, I think a lot like working with a psychologist to a degree can help this, but there's nothing like experience actually putting yourself in that position. You know, right. I'm absolutely raging here and I'm, you know, ripping gloves off my hands literally in, in, you know, to try and contain the rage or else the other side of it is, okay, I'm going to play this tournament. There are going to be certain situations I'm not going to like, but I'm just going to take them on the chin and move on. So that's, like, as a player now at 38, compared to a guy at even 23 or 4, um, that's something I've definitely improved on. But the only way I improved on that was just by learning, being aware of what I needed to do and just trying to, to work on it, you know? And then, so you're coming to the end of your time on the Challenge Tour. And was that when O'Keefe Golf Performance came about or was it when you entirely came back amateur that you focused on that? Yeah, it all kind of rolled into one. Like I had enough of, I suppose for me, I, I, I always, for whatever reason, I just found it hard to get the, the, the finances together to let me plan and get away in the winters and practice. I'd always be at home working and then go play in the season, which obviously isn't the greatest situation, but it was a situation I was in nonetheless. But um, uh, I think I just had enough of it, to be honest. At, I was 31. I had other things I wanted to achieve. I, you know, I have, I have drive to do well in other things. And yeah, it was, it was an area of, I did sports science in college and I never planned on using that. You know, when I was in the States, that was a degree I picked, funnily enough. And um just got into training myself, got myself an awful lot fitter and saw kind of an opening there that no one really was. I had a vision of, you know, real performance and fitness rolling into one that the player comes in and hits actual shots um, that you're looking at the biomechanics of that. Um, that's when Trackman came along at that time. And I, you know, I, I was qualified TPI at the time and I put the two together. So, um, I suppose that's the way I, I saw it going, and I think it is still the way it is going. Uh, I think people respond better to that. So a typical, a typical session or a typical intro session would be like I would do a physical screen on a player and then have them hit shots and take um, you know, data from the numbers and track man and build a program around that, given the player's goals as well at the start. You know? And if you took golf fitness more seriously from a young age, do you think that would have benefited you? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And, you know, I, I say that as a fitness professional, let's say, but I, I'm not sure is the answer. Probably not, if I'm very honest. Um, you know, myself, I was sporty growing up. I've, I'm, all, I'm just naturally mobile enough, uh, thankfully. So, um, 
no, I'm not sure. I probably, if I put more time in, in improving my technique, um, I might have done better as a player. But it's hard to know, maybe. I, I don't certainly uh, look back, remember any, any issues that, you know, maybe power or speed that I was struggling with at the time. So um, probably not would be the answer. When you decided to come back amateur, what state was your golfing then? Did you take a break from six months? Or did you decide that you were going to keep playing and keep practicing? What was your mindset towards the game? Um, yeah, I had applied without really telling anyone to get my amateur status back pretty soon after I'd stopped playing. Um, the la- I think the last... So basically, you're, you, you put an application in and you're, you're given a date. Your last um, action as a professional for me was a tour school I had played. So... You know, basically the clock starts ticking there if you haven't um, done anything in that time. So I had kind of six or eight months done of it when when I had decided to apply for my amateur back. So I had to wait two years in total because uh, I had played European tour events. And look, yeah, I mean, I, I really didn't have any competitive golf at all. I was just, you know, for the for the life for the for all the world just tipping away up in Douglas playing my weekend competitions and you know hitting balls I was certainly active but I wasn't uh tournament ready so to speak um so I think I came back in the summer of 16 um the midway through that and I played into pros and I played a few scratch cups um and I remember winning one or two scratch cups at the end of that season and just really started getting the juices flowing again for the for the following season. And then when it brings it into that following season of 2017, did you feel a certain amount of pressure or expectation? You know, people are going to be looking at those leaderboards and seeing, well, there's Peter O'Keefe. That guy was a professional for a number of years. Yeah, I I remember reading a couple of articles, like, you know, I I remember Paddy Griffin coming back and doing quite well, and then he turned pro again, and I think he came back amateur again. Um, but like I, I always thought, I said some of these lads have been really good players, um, and they go back amateur and they don't really do much. And I didn't want that to be me at all. Like so, I kind of put my head down that winter. Um, started engaging with Noel Fox an awful lot more. I played with Noel a lot and knew Noel very well, and we had played in Challenge Tour at the same time. And started doing some really good work in my swing uh, that winter, and just made a decision that. I really wanted to be a top player if I was going to play at all because the only reason I was going back amateur because I was still competitive. Um, so, yeah, I played a winter series. That winter, um, Midwest Alliance played lovely. I won that. Um, played nicely in the Lee Valley Scratch Cup. That was a top five. And then I should have won the Munster Stroke play. Bogey the last to lose that. So I finished second. That was the, the, the weeks leading into the Irish amateur in Royal County Down. And, I just had a feeling it was. It's a strange thing. I, I the lovely session in Carton on the way up that week, um, and you know the golf course suited me, and you know the conditions towards the end suited me. It got very windy, and thankfully it just went my way. Um, so yeah, it was nice. It was a nice re-entry back into the amateur game. So it put me into it put me into a spot where I wanted to be straight away. You know. And how was your mental attitude during that four rounds? Uh, when you got yourself into contention, did you think, oh, there's pressure here to get over the line? Or were you kind of at ease with yourself and you were happy with where you were? I was, yeah, I, I was. I, I was I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to recreate it since. Um, it's, it was just an unbelievable sense of calm the whole week. Um, you know, I liked the area, I liked the golf course. Um, 
did a lot of running that week, did a lot of time on the beach on my own. Um, I just had a kind of a thing in the back of my head that something good was going to happen. Um, I played well in the first two rounds. I played really well in the last two rounds when the wind got up, um, particularly in the third round when scores were really going the other way for guys. Um, I kept it together nicely there and it put me with a one-shot lead and I really, really thought that I was going to win the following day. And, you know, I, you look at things when you sleep on a lead or when you're in contention to do something good, whether it's qualify or whether it's win a scratch cup or whatever it is, you're looking at it the following day and you're kind of thinking, geez, I'm not sure what's going to happen here because it's totally out of your control. Um, but the one thing I've learned is like all those thoughts are, you know, you just let them come and go because, you know, you have the experience that when you stand on the tee the following day that it's just back to business, you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff goes away. So, yeah, the last round, you know, I... I I had very, I had very, I load of control that week. I, I had um, a great awareness of where my swing was at. I knew mentally I was at the strongest for whatever reason. I think it was all just rolling into one. I think in general for me, when I have control on things, um, I'm at my calmest anyway. So I, there was a lot of learning about myself on a tough golf course that week, even when, you know, I had one bad hole down the stretch that didn't really put me up or down because I reacted well to it and got the job done, thankfully. And that was such a strong feel that week. And when you reflected in the days after, did you ever think, oh, maybe I should have given myself a bit more time in the, in the paid ranks? Or how did you feel after that? Yeah, um, not really. Like, I mean, no, not, not really. Well, yes and no. I mean, certain, some of the players and even some of those players in that field three years on, have gone on to be tour professionals making, you know, nice careers for themselves. Um, you know, I think one thing that did go in, in my favour that week is I really didn't, uh, like I generally don't anyway, but I didn't really know anyone in the field. I didn't really worry about what anyone was doing. You know, I've seen, I've seen players at the top end of golf and what they can do, and it's, it's no disrespect to amateur golf. There's players in amateur golf that are unbelievable players but I think when you get to get to the realization that, you know, a good shot is a good shot. Like an an elite amateur hitting a good shot is the same as a tour player hitting a good shot. It's the same ball flight. It's the same distance. Um, when you break that down, it's just players playing against each other. Um, so I think kind of going along, particularly for for me when I came back as an amateur, I kind of realized that a lot of the stuff I had learned as a professional, unknown to me at the time, I was kind of using this time. Um, which just, again, just I keep coming back to that word calm. It just gave me that sense of calm that allowed me to play nice and free golf, you know. And after that victory that week, it elevated you into talks for the home internationals. And you mentioned before that by missing out on the homes, that was your knee-jerk reaction and going to Q school. Uh, how did it feel to get that Irish cap or did it live up to what you expected it to be? It was lovely. I, you know, I, again... I remember one of the selectors saying to me that summer, oh, you're on my radar. And I said, listen, you need to tell me now because I need to start my workout and so on. Don't give me on the radar talk like I was a young fella and you kind of started laughing or whatever. But no, it was nice. It was it was nice to, I suppose, tick that box. Um, and we won that week in Moortown. That was a great, a great, I suppose, introduction for me back into playing for Ireland. Um, a great team that week, fantastic players, everyone kind of pulling for each other. Um, 
so yeah like it's there's nothing better than I've, I've gone on numerous trips now with Ireland since then and, and you know it's just unbelievable support from the GUI when you're when you're in that environment which is great um, but it's uh, it's sure there's nothing better than, than playing for Ireland so I suppose coming coming into that from I keep going back to when people say oh you came back as a, an amateur and you're all of a sudden back on the Irish team but you know there was a fair bit of work went into that to make that you know the transition I wanted. You know, speak of transition and coming back into entering the business world. Uh, how have you found life to date with golf and fitness? Like, how was it at the start? What was people's initial reaction to kind of marrying fitness and the golf game? Yeah, I suppose there was. It was up to me to market what way I wanted it to go. Um, at the start, I was absolutely up the walls. I was doing ridiculous hours with people. You know, you're trying to figure out where the price point is. You're trying to figure out where your market is. Um, you're trying to figure out what people want out of your sessions. Um, so yeah, we've, you know, I've gone from having it in, you know, in a gym to then uh, putting a golf studio into a gym to now having it in Douglas Golf Club. It's kind of growing all the time and it's doing different things. And you know, I've worked with yourselves and UCC and done. I'm, I'm. Um, SC coach with the GUI with Munster Golf, which which I love because you're really seeing, you know, the best players in the province coming up. And, you know, there's an element of, I suppose, a mentorship role for me as well, because, you know, I'm around these kids there, you know, we have conversations like this all the time. And you really do see what young fellas really wanted more than others because you you just get the good questions. You get questions that are irrelevant and maybe a little bit smart from time to time. But sure, that's fine, like, but it's it's the good stuff that comes out every once in a while that, that really makes it worthwhile, you know. And how do you find that youths have reacted to this? Would you say they take it as serious as the mechanics of the swing or is it still kind of a growing process? Um, some do and some don't. I suppose like anything, you know, you're going to have the group within a group that are going to be more driven than others. That's just that's just human nature. I think, uh, you know, one thing, and, and my Fred Toomey would have a great way about him in Munster Golf in that he would welcome the fitness guy into the onto the driving range. So a lot of my time on the sessions would be with Fred, working on a player's ability to create, I suppose, more speed would be one thing. If there's something lacking physically somewhere, well, then it's up to me to try and work on that with that player. But essentially, you know, it's up to the player to be given the direction and then come back and see the improvement because you know as I said at the start with with our ability now to screen and keep that on players there's no real hiding from it you know if, if a player comes back and he's still swinging his driver at 105 and he wants to achieve more and he's putting in all the work well then it's up to the coaches to figure out another way you know alternatively if a player is coming back and he's still swinging at 105 and we feel that you know the player isn't doing the work on the program well that's a different conversation but um I think it's really fine-tuning how coaching is, is happening. Um, and I think the players are really benefiting from that as well, you know. And you'd obviously still play a big role in Irish golf. And as you said, you played with so many guys that are now kind of starting out in the paid ranks. And do you see them making any common mistakes in terms of their preparation, their mindset or their kind of financial arrangements that there is so much more than just practicing the golf swing? Yeah, there, there is. I think... You know, some guys turn pro because they get sick of amateur golf. I don't think that's the answer. I don't think, you know, oh, I'm not making an Irish team. And I, like, ironically, I was a little bit of that myself. Um, 
Now, I, I do agree with going to tour school, and a lot of people would disagree with me on this, but I absolutely agree. If a player feels that it's time to turn professional, I would pony up the money and go to tour school and test yourself. And if you can't perform or progress on what is a 14-round, very, very fair test, well, I think that's a good time to sit back then and reevaluate rather than just the knee-jerk reaction of, oh, I'm going to tour school or, oh, I'm just turning pro and I'm going to play your pro the following year. Like, the Europro is not a give me anymore about, you know, a transition that it's going to be, the sun is going to start shining straight away. You're still the same player. I think a lot of players will find themselves, had they hung on and played another year of amateur golf, maybe, or maybe just assessed them, made an assessment at the end of the year that, okay, I'm going to put my finances into tour school. I'm going to see what I can achieve here. Can I get a category at least on the European Challenge Tour and give myself a springboard that way? Um, I think a lot of those things should maybe be looked at more. Um, and I, that, that, that's not on any organization to make that decision. That's just on the player, I suppose, to have more of awareness where they want to go, you know. And when you look at the likes of Paul Dunn, Paul McBride, Robin Dawson, they all turned pro as soon as they finished college. And then you've other guys that take the route straight out of school. They turn pro at 18, 19. Do you think there's a specific age that is of best benefit to golfers or when you feel the time is ready for you? Yeah, it, it's, it's, um, it's a very individual thing. I, you know, there's certain stats would say that players would peak at, at, at a certain age. Um, I think there's great experience to be gotten in the right college environment. Um, some players like to stay at home. Some guys like to go to the States. I personally think America, given the right environment there, is, is brilliant because it tests you as a person, whether you want to be away from home. I really struggled my first six months with homesickness, um, which nearly, nearly sent me home. But I kind of stuck it out and I was very thankful I did. Um, and like all those little things kind of will build and shape you as a player as well. But um, yeah, I, th I think the college thing, obviously the education side of it, but I think the experience side of it is, is very good. You'll obviously have the exceptions of the, you know, the exceptional talents at a young age that will just fall into professional golf, but they're, they are a rarity. And then you look at in the last year, I suppose there's so many Irish players on the challenge tour and those guys get the invites to the Irish Open, and you got the opportunity to caddy for Robin Dawson and Lynch. And how was that experience for you? Or do you think that there was a lot that you learned to bring or implement in your own game? Yeah, I think the biggest thing about that is is the environment. And like you know, Robin and myself, we obviously really enjoyed the week. It was a successful week for him, uh, and he deserved it. He 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 performed exceptionally well um in that environment which is something i think he just really took for granted because i said it to him like i said jesus rob like that can't be taken for granted i said i i played an irish open myself and didn't you know i did not perform so i know what the other way the other way is you know what i mean and it's it's it is different and certain players will adapt and i think he's the type of player that is suited to that environment for sure his his job is is to get himself there i think once he does get himself there he'll be there for his career but um, it was a fantastic week. We went there, like he got in on the Monday. So, you know, we went, we actually went there to, to, to do really well because I just couldn't believe the opportunity that both myself and himself knew the golf course so well, hadn't played so many South of Ireland's there. So there wouldn't be any major getting to know the course. Um, and 
lovely practice round on Tuesday with Padraig Harrington and Paul Dunn, which really kind of set him up. And um, because straight away we were into, you know, big crowds watching, and you know, it wasn't just kicking it around the place on a Tuesday. It was, it was, you had to be switched on. So I think, I think that really kind of put him in the right mindset for Thursday, and he just eased himself into the tournament nicely, and you know, turned it turned out to be a great week. And you talk about Robin, you know, his mindset and how he was prepared for it. How did that have an impact on you in terms of your own preparation? Did, were you nervous or did you feel that you were kind of out of your depth? Your- well, I, I, no, not, not at all, actually. I'm, I'm extremely comfortable in that environment. I had caddied for another friend of mine in the Irish Open in Portrush in, I forget the year, maybe 2012, and he'd made the cut. Um, and I had played in Irish Open myself. So, you know, I, no, I was, I suppose... I was extremely calm there because I tried nothing to lose. Like, um, and I think my my only job that week was just kind of chatting to Robin and bringing him to that calmness. Like, look, Rob, you're here on merit. There's an unbelievable opportunity here to do well, and if we do X, Y, Z, I believe we can do extremely well. And and that's that's exactly what happened. But you know, he's hitting the shots. Uh, to be fair to him, he he hit one shot that probably cost him a couple of shots for that week. Um, everything else was marginal, marginal misses um, in terms of you know improving his score that week. But you know he did really well. Um, funnily enough, for me, I drove from Lahinch on that Sunday up to Port Rush to play the North, which started on the Monday. Had having not seen either golf course, Castle Rock or Port Rush, and you know made the cut and made it to the final, having played no practice, hit, hit no balls that previous week. So. It kind of, you know, points out that when you're in the environment, you're watching good players. Um, it certainly rubs off, and it really does rub off in how you play golf yourself. You know, and you talk about you know the lack of practice then in, in the current times now with courses and stuff closed. Are you practicing in the garden with a net, or are you kind of taking this as a break from golf and you're waiting to for a start day to get yourself in shape? Yeah, no, I'm I'm doing I am I'm I'm very, I'm a kind of a restless character. I have a trackman. I'm lucky to have a trackman, so I have a net, so I'm doing a bit out in the back. Um you know, but again, like uh, there's only so much of that you can do. I'm doing lots of video work at the moment and just drills and stuff I want to to get right. It's a brilliant time for that. Um but, you know, just trying to practice putting and chipping and pitching, seeing how balls are reacting on the ground is, is something that we're all not having at the moment. But it's, look, it's a time that I think it's consistent everywhere. I think uh, some guys will, will really go after it and, and try and get a lot of work done at this time. Um, and then others won't, but we'll see. We'll see when the season starts. And now you have a young family and you have the businesses getting busy and things like that. Are you in a position to fully commit to the Irish circuit in the next number of years? Or do you think your schedule may be impacted slightly? Um, not sure. It's not sure. Like Mary Claire, my wife, is, is she comes to as many tournaments as she can and, and she has a family business. So we're very lucky there. I work for myself. That gives us the freedom to, to play. Um, or to, to travel to the tournaments. Um, Alice comes with us, so one one child is fine. It might differ with, with more, but so far, so good. Um, but yeah, like my, I suppose, I'm just unbelievably competitive and I still want to play in, in everything and I still want to go after more titles and, and try and achieve more stuff, so I'm not slowing down in my head anyway anytime soon. 
All right, so Peter, we've kept you for enough time. So thanks very much for your time today and best of luck when the season recommences. Cheers, Shane. Best of luck with everything on Talk Birdie to me. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you Take very care. much. Bye-bye. We are delighted to get the first pod recorded and thanks very much to Peter O'Keefe for his time. Please subscribe on Spotify and iTunes and give us a rating. We really appreciate any feedback that you may have. Chat soon and please talk birdie to me.